three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Real Pineapple. Humble host Hunter here. Hope you guys are having a great start to your weekend. So, I'm gonna review this movie really quick because it does not deserve to be talked about too long. I'm reviewing the new Netflix film called Dangerous Lies, which came out yesterday. Uh, I'm recording this on uh, Saturday, the 2nd of May. So, let's just get this out of the way. There's no reason you should watch this movie. I really feel like I took a bullet as I was watching this. Uh, this is directed by uh, Michael Scott, not that Michael Scott, because if it was that Michael Scott, you know what, to be honest, I would have rather watched the whole movie version of Threat Level Midnight than watch this movie, and I was kind of thinking that the more I got into it, because this movie, it's not even a movie, and I'm gonna go over the plot really quickly here, so basically, uh, the girl from Riverdale, uh, uh, Camila Mendez, she plays Katie. She is married to Adam, who's played by Jesse T. Usher. I'll get to him in a second. They're married, and uh, Cam- uh, Camilla goes ahead and uh, is working as a caregiver to Elliot Gold, for Christ's sake, which I gotta be honest, that really bummed me out. Uh, Elliot Gold, of course, a, a, a legend in the in industry. You know him, of course, most likely from Matt, uh, from uh, uh, the show MASH. He was in Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Thirteen. Uh, he was in uh, Contagion, which is uh, very apropos for the light, uh, for the times we're living in right now, unfortunately. Elliot Gold's a hell of an actor, and he's 80, 81? And I just honestly, and, and I, I am praying, and I truly mean this, I am praying this is not his last movie, because he deserved to go out on something better than this. So basically, he, uh, she's a caregiver for him, he dies, and I, I will say his uh, death scene, as it were, that scene in particular, that's the one scene I thought was shot better than adequately well, because this is basically the lifetime version of Knives Out, and... Now, now, do not misunderstand. It's not even close to as good as Knives Out, but that's. It felt like that's what they were. They were kind of going for, for all these twists and turns, and how did this happen, and how did this occur? And at the end of the day, to paraphrase Lincoln Park, it doesn't really matter. It just ends up being a really big piece of crap. I gotta talk about Jesse T. Usher. So Jesse T. Usher, you you know him from a couple things. You could know him more than likely. Uh, from uh, the uh, from the boys, no, not not the boys in what uh, as in what Kevin Spacey likes. I'm talking about the show, The Boys, which is an amazing show. He played A Train, basically their version of the Flash, and he's great on there. Now I understand that the boys is based off of a from what I hear, great graphic novels. Uh, this is just uh, the the material's not there, and Jesse T. Usher. Uh, he was in uh, the the Shaft uh, quote reboot unquote that came out last year, and I thought he was good in it. 
I just love the character. Uh, I was about to say, I love Shaft. Now I realize how bad that would have sounded, but I love the character of Sean Shaft. There we go. And he, of course, was a Will Smith's son in Independence Day uh, Resurgence, and I thought he was fucking terrible in that. So seeing him in this, I went, of course you're in this. And can, I, can we get an interracial, uh, interracial relationship where the black guy is just not such a fucking dick? It would be amazing to see that i mean because that's something that i i'm really starting to notice more in hollywood it's very much uh like a congratulatory of like a very big pat on the back of hollywood where they put in these interracial relationships and they go oh we're so proud of ourselves see we're being progressive but then it's an, like an, it's right on the border of being a, a, an abusive relationship or the relationship is just shit and yet Hollywood is still going, yeah, come on, like, watch our shit. Um, it's really frustrating and quite maddening, if I'm being uh, completely honest. So this movie starts off with a, uh, with a, with a gun, not, not even a, a shootout. Uh, this guy goes ahead and uh, stages a robbery at the diner that Katie works with. It's, by the way, how often does a diner get robbed? Like, that was something I was like, really? Like, who's going to rob it? All right, whatever. Not even not even a gas station or something like that where there's money coming. It it, it seemed very, it's very dumb, but whatever. And so uh, Jesse T. Usher's Adam goes ahead, subdues the robber using a frying pan, which uh, which I did go, oh, that, that actually caught me off guard a little bit. The first maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I went, maybe this is going to be something, but... The more I sat there and watched it, I went, this is just going nowhere. Why did I have any hope for this? I always try to go with the best with the best attitude. I really love for a movie uh, uh, to prove me wrong. You, you know, I like I to go in with something, uh, one expectation, come out with another. This is a Netflix movie. I didn't have the highest hopes for it, but I didn't expect it to be dog crap either. And the, the thing that's frustrating as a viewer of this how many people get a chance to say they've made a movie? It's a, it, it's not a long list. And it's really upsetting because you would think that you would take more of an opportunity to do something with this opportunity you've been given and not turn out a piece of crap. Uh, Michael Scott, um, <laughs> uh, I'll give him this. He's been working consistently for a couple decades, it looks like. I, I mean, even going back to... This uh, this movie he did in '92, a TV movie called Lady Killer. Uh, there is a huge theme here. A lot, most of his stuff is TV. Uh, his stuff uh, is TV movies. So you've got this movie, uh, Lady Killer in '92, TV movie Dangerous Heart in '94. Uh, let's see, Sharon's Secret, Her Desperate Choice. A lot of a lot of crap. You can just tell it's very much in that vein of we don't have to try that hard because the. The audience's expectations are so low. It, 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 you you get a lot of that as you go through his uh, filmography. I'll just go through a couple other things here. Uh, uh, Postmortem, that's a title of one movie. The Soul Collector, all right. Uh, Fatal Lessons, The Good Teacher, that sounds horrifying. Uh, Her Sister's Keeper, Special Delivery, Miss, Mrs. Miracle, Freshman father, oh my god, this guy sounds like an asshole. Um, even the R.L. Stein thing he worked on, he worked on R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. He wasn't even good enough to work on fucking Goosebumps. That's how much of a goon this guy is. And bottom line, the last 
And I won't even, you know what, fuck it, I'll spoil it. We go spoilers here sometimes. So, okay, so the guy dies, uh, Elliot Gold's character, uh, he dies, uh, Leonard, he dies. And so then it's just about uh, Adam and Katie discovering, basically, uh, the secrets that Leonard had. And they don't really even tie it back to really what happened with Leonard. It's just, they kind of go, well, he had this gardener who was like uh who was like a bank robber, and it just goes down this very weird rabbit hole. But at the end of the day, when they kind of try to connect everything at the end, I went, nah, nah, this isn't how this isn't how this works. You haven't earned any of this whatsoever. There's this real estate agent who keeps coming around, who's played by uh, Cam, uh, G uh, G uh, I want to say it's Gigandet, uh, is what I'm going to go with. I, I was sitting there trying to place his name, uh, trying to place his face. I, I could not remember for the life of me where I, I had seen him, and I, he was in that uh, very MMA uh, UFC inspired movie, uh, Never Back Down. If you've seen that, if you haven't, don't worry about it. Um, he was in Burlesque, that movie that Sharon Christina Aguilera, Aguilera did. The most famous role he probably still has this day is uh, he's one of the vampires. He's a James in Twilight. And I'll sit there and went, that's where I know you from. That that makes sense. Uh, apparently he's doing a Tom Clancy movie. So, I mean, hopefully he's good in that. But he was the one person I thought was kind of trying. Uh, yeah, his, his whole arc, he ends up playing a real estate agent who's not really a real estate agent. I'll let you figure out what his purpose is. And he goes ahead... And he has a scene where he's threatening Katie, and I went, you know what, it seems, even though the dialogue is crap, and even though it's just, it's schmaltzy as, as, as hell, I did appreciate, it seemed like he was putting a little bit of effort in. Uh, Jesse T. Usher, you can almost just see him in his head counting counting the money he's making per minute. It just seems like he's going, I don't need to be here. I don't even get to really make out with the girl. That's bullshit. Lame. Why would I Why would I care about this? And there's even a point near the end where he's getting so uh, dark. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but there's a point near the end where his character is just starting to take this darker turn. And the movie kind of makes you think, well, maybe it's going to go this way. But then it's just a, it's a red herring or a black herring in his case where it doesn't lead to anything. It just exists. And I went, why? Like, why did you even put this in there? And when I say this movie is trying to be Knives Out... If you haven't seen Knives Out, you need to see Knives Out, by the way. But you know how Knives Out, if you have seen it, it has all these different, like, like interweaving storylines, all these different characters. There's only really three three real main characters. Uh, Adam, Katie, and Leonard. And then there's all these supporting characters. And you would think as slowly as they bring in these supporting characters that they'd be able to find a fucking thing for them to do. And yet they can't do that. Jamie Chung shows up as uh, as Julia. She's a lawyer, and I remember I looked over. Uh, I looked over at uh, my girlfriend. I looked over at Leia, and I remember saying, "I was like, she's she's got something to do with all this. Like, I don't know how, but she has something to do with it. With it, and the end when, of course, she holds the the couple at gunpoint and goes ahead and does her villain dialogue. This is why I'm doing this. I'm like, oh my god, make this stop. It is." It's so maddening that this movie got made. And I know Netflix at this point, like, 
Netflix movies are like free candy. They're just handing them out at this point. I understand. Like, we're in a pandemic. We need entertainment. But do you want to torture yourself during this quarantine? Don't you want to watch something good? Then don't watch this. Uh, this is... I'm sitting here trying to even think of anything I liked. Outside of uh, the, the one scene where Elliot, uh, Elliot Gold does die, I thought the scene was actually well shot. And again, it's not like this is a incompetent, incompetently made movie as far as like the, the like the directing. It's just a script. It's just boring as sin. And it thinks it's so clever. You can almost hear the writer going, ha I got him. And I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, no, this is just something you're pulling out of your ass to try to act like it's a twist. And it's not a twist. It's just poorly done writing. And it does that over and over and over again. Uh, there's a girl in here named Brianna Sky, and she's credited as the party girl. I have no idea who this girl is. I don't know if she's even in the movie. I just watched this no more than two hours ago, and I I feel like this was a fever dream. I, I really just don't even feel like I watched it. Uh, the last character I'm going to bring up, um, there's a the actress. Her name is uh, Sasha Alexander. I knew I fucking recognized her. Uh, she was on, uh, she's Isles from uh, uh, Rizzoli and Isles, and... I gotta be honest, and she was on NCIS. I, I knew she looked freaking familiar. Um, I think she's an incredible actress. She is phoning it in like there's no tomorrow here. And if you have not seen Rizzoli, uh, Rizzoli and Isles, if you want to watch a good, uh, actually not even good, a great uh, procedural, watch Rizzoli and Isles. She's great on there. Her and uh, An Angie Harmon have great chemistry. And, but the problem is they write her character like, like such a bitch where she is just, she's damn near stalking uh, this Katie girl. There's a point where she is basically accusing her of going ahead and helping to kill Leonard in some way because Leonard leaves everything in his will uh, to Katie, or does he? And she goes ahead and goes, well, you know, it's kind of convenient that you started working from five months ago and... You know, now this happened. I mean, she so first off, she found him. Number one, Katie did. Two, the way that she is really harassing her after uh, she even admits she got the coroner's report saying that she died. He died of natural causes, and he and she's still on her ass. Like it's at a point where, if I'm Katie, I'd go. You need to leave me alone because I have nothing else to say to you. But this detective will not leave her the fuck alone. Now, granted, does she end up being right at the end? Kinda. But at the same time, again, she's still stalking this 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 woman. Number one. Number two. Uh, when when she goes and interviews uh Katie's boss, and starts asking him very like questions you cannot ask, like oh well. Uh, you know, like, what's, uh, how long, like, does Katie have any sort of, I, I can't remember what she asked her, he, she, she asked him something about Katie's, not her job, like, asking about her family and all this, it's like, that's really, like, okay, girl, like, he's up now, but it, yeah, I've already spent almost 15 minutes talking about this, I'm done talking about this, uh, this is not a good movie, it's really frustrating, because, and if you've listened to the podcast for, a certain length of time, you know how I talk about this. You, people are in film school, uh, working from a film school at home right now, but film school nonetheless, and they are trying to get better to learn to craft scripts, to go ahead and become, you know, a member of Hollywood, go ahead and get their vision up on, on the big screen. And you see someone like Michael Scott, who's just shitting away 
these opportunities to turn out something halfway decent and you can't be bothered to do so it's really frustrating don't watch this uh this I was gonna say I a go fuck yourself sounds too strong, but to be honest, there's nothing about this really. I tell someone that's worth their time. So if you watch the trailer, you can pretty much put fill in the pieces outside of the insanity. Uh, yeah, this is a go fuck yourself. I, I can't give it higher than that. This is stupid. Not worth my time. And it's only ninety minutes. It felt like two hours, if not two hours, fifteen minutes, very easily. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was just, this was crap, but, yeah, don't watch this. Um, so guys, are, were you dumb enough to watch Dangerous Lies? Let me know what you thought in the comments below. Go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple, and you can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst, and you can follow Colin on Twitter at the real. that's R-E-E-L, O'Neal. Uh, Scott's going to be back here uh, in a couple months and join the podcast again. I'm excited to get him back. Um, this upcoming week, the week of the 4th, we'll have reviews up for Dead to Me uh, Season 1 and Dead to Me Season 2. Uh, I'm really excited to get into that, so that's uh, that's what I've got coming up for you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Oh my gosh, and well, I should probably tell you where to find the podcast, too. Uh, go ahead and find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and uh, iHeartRadio at The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your support. Um, not only will we have reviews up for Dead to Me Season 1 and 2 next week, we'll have a review up for Extraction as well, as well as the first season of Hashtag Black AF. And oh, I have some thoughts on that. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe.